What's up, man? How's the night going? Pretty good. I just did the uh, kids' classes at the academy with Kama. Nice. They got you teaching out there? Yeah, Kama was like, he told me if I could get back in the gym, it would like help me like mentally, you know? So, and he was right for sure. So I go in on Mondays and Wednesdays and I help all the little kids in class. Um, and it's really fun. And honestly, like he, we're like learning that, like right now we're doing rear naked chokes and just like watching the little kids do it. First of all, it's like really fun. And second of all, it, I think it's like, I don't know. It's just good to like, like just teach someone. Cause then it kind of helps you learn. I don't know if that makes sense, but just like helping teach and like talking through it. I'm like, I think I'm getting it down more myself too. I've heard that from a lot of people that sometimes teaching helps them learn just from afar. I always think that's really interesting when I see guys start coaching and maybe they learn things through coaching that they wouldn't have learned themselves if they were the ones training. So how, how long has it been? Like when did Kama get you started with teaching and stuff? I, I honestly didn't know you did that there. Yeah. Um, I helped teach a kid's class. Um, it was, a, it was a while before the fight. And he, he like was um, asking me to help, but I work at um, Starbucks full time and it's a good gig. I mean, I make money and it's not like a tough job necessarily. So I can't like, I couldn't like give him all my time necessarily, but now that I don't really train since I got the elbow to take care of, um, he was like, come in help teach the kids classes. It'll just like, keep your mind right and keep you around the gym. So I helped teach a kid's class way back and, um, and I really liked it. And then now it was like the perfect opportunity to get started in again. So this was my first week. So I did Monday and then I did tonight, which is Wednesday. That's awesome, dude. I did. I, like I said, I had no idea you were teaching kids classes, but that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a really interesting thing for you to do. And I was actually going to ask you, you got ahead of me with that. I was going to ask you what your day job is because I know you work a good bit. It seems like we've tried to track down an interview a few times and you're working a lot, man. So Starbucks, I got to know, like, what's the Craig Perry signature drink? Do you make your own special drink while you're there? Um, it's really boring. It's just so like, um, I don't know how much you know about coffee and I'm not like crazy into coffee. Like I'm not like a nerd about it, but whenever you do like a drip coffee, you can do like a medium roast, a dark roast or a light roast. And I do the light roast with just cream in it. And that's like my go-to. And sometimes I do like a fun drink or something, but for the most part, if you see me drinking something, it's probably going to just be a blonde roast with cream in it. Dude, I got to say for as fun as you are in the cage, that's got to be the most boring coffee (laughs) order ever. (laughs) It is super boring. It's not fun. I'm trying to think, um, if I'm like feeling like if I want something sugary, I never do the Frappuccinos. Like, you know, the things that look like milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. I never do those. They're the most delicious, but like, it's like eating two meals in one drink. It's crazy. But the, um, the chai tea iced is really good. Nice. I don't know. Are you a, are you a coffee drinker? I do, man. I freaking love coffee every day. I have my own little espresso machine and stuff here so that oh, okay. I, I abuse that thing. Yeah, I, I get after it in the coffee game. When you get old like me, man, you need that every morning. You're not. How old are you? <laughs> you don't look 31. Old. You look like, I just really? turned 31. I would have guessed like yeah. 26. I Most 26 people do, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I got a little baby face. I look younger than I am for sure. Yeah, which is good because in like 10 years, everyone's going to be wishing they looked I know. Like I'm excited about that. Actually, funny enough, I was just with Ryan at a casino of all places, and I went to walk in, and they stopped me. She was all... She was like, sir, sir. And she and I I didn't think she was talking to me because I was like, well, clearly, you know, I'm 31. I'm old enough to be here. But she was like alarmed that I was underage and trying to get into the casino. I was like, when I handed her my ID, I was like, you're going to be surprised when you see this. <laughs> What's the age you get in a casino? Like 18? I don't know if it's 18 or 21. I was assuming 21 because they serve drinks and everything. They bring drinks around on the floor. It's probably 21, oh, yeah. but I honestly don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that she stopped you like that. I know, like I feel like I look young, but not that young. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but dude, like you definitely, obviously, you are young. You're under twenty. Are you twenty? Yeah, I'm twenty. I turned twenty one on Friday. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. Any any fun plans going on for that? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun weekend. I think um, I'm gonna go out on Friday with my girlfriend. And my sister and a couple friends, like nothing crazy, but um, I think we're going to go out Friday, Saturday night though. I'm watching the fights, um, which is like the Colby Masvidal fight. I'm watching that. And then maybe Sunday I'll do something, but I'm not like a huge, huge partier, but I mean, it's, you only get one 21st birthday. So sure. So what's, what's going to be the first alcohol you ever taste in your life? um the first alcohol i ever taste in my life um because i've never had alcohol is gonna be Mm -hmm. probably the proper 12 whiskey if i can if i can find it i that's just gotta be it the conor mcgregor whiskey right for sure dude you'll find it you'll find that for sure a lot of places have it and i think it was funny enough man when that whiskey came out i was working for flow combat at the time and they actually sent me a bottle of it to review. And I did a big video review and stuff. We compared it to Jameson and Tullamore Dew because that was the two big Irish whiskeys, mainstream Irish whiskeys that Connor wanted to kind of take out in the marketplace. So I was like, why not just line all three up? We'll blind taste them. I got I got my friends with me. And we didn't know which ones we were drinking. Like we had um, people off camera pouring the drinks for us. So we had no idea which ones we were drinking and we were just saying which ones was the best. And Connor's won in a clean sweep for everybody. Like everybody really? literally thought Connor's was the best. Yeah. And he actually, Connor retweeted the video and stuff and it blew up. Like serious? we got all kinds of attention. Yeah. It was crazy, dude. That is crazy. That's so cool. Actually. Yeah. The video's almost definitely still on YouTube. If you type in like flow combat, proper 12 whiskey, I bet it comes up. Yeah, I'll have to but look yeah. that up, especially because Connor retweeted it. That's insane. Yeah, dude, it, it was nuts. So I know, like, obviously, we can tell from your style. And so, you know what? I actually got a video clip. We're going to play it for the good people at home to see this because we'll tie it into the whole Connor thing. But I wanted to talk about this. Nice. So you could tell just from watching the clip, you know, the commentators mentioning 
Conor McGregor quite a few times just watching you fight. What is it? What was it about Conor that appealed to you so much right away? Uh, obviously, he had the charisma and the attention and everything, but that's one thing. But to go out and kind of emulate his fighting style and take pieces from the way he fights is a totally different thing. You know, what appealed to you on that level? I don't know. It's just like so like athletic. I, I don't know. It's just so cool. Like, I feel like he moves different than anyone else. Um, I mean, obviously, like every fighter in the UFC is a crazy super athlete. Um, but I don't know, just like something about him, especially because I wasn't doing MMA when I started to like him. I was just a hockey player. So everyone loved Connor. And it was just cool, like watching like all those videos of him do like his unorthodox training and I mean, I didn't even really mean to start fighting like him. I'm just a southpaw. Like, I throw with my left. I do most things with my left, which kind of sucks because this again. Um, but once I got in the gym, I just – I guess I just subconsciously, I just – the first time I sparred or anything, I just kind of, like, did what I knew, which was, like, what I watched Connor do. So maybe that's what it is. But, I mean – I feel like just like the confidence just draws you to him. Like every interview you watch, like it's addictive. Like a lot of interviews that guys do, it's just like you just watch the first question and you're like, okay, I know how the whole interview is going to go. Like they're going to ask him, how do you feel? Oh, I feel good. Like blah, blah, blah. But if you ask it, like, I don't know, just Connor's is different. That's why I got drawn to him. And then like his fighting style, I think it just looks the coolest. Like it's, it's flashy and it's always entertaining and he's never holding back, which is pretty sweet. One thing I'll definitely say is I think people have forgotten how good of a fighter Conor McGregor actually is. And I think that he gets a lot of hate now for a lot of the wrong reasons. When you talk about Conor McGregor as a fighter, it's hard to really talk too much smack, in my opinion. I, I still think I could make a case that Conor McGregor is the best featherweight of all time. I, I think I could do that. And I have done that, actually, in the past. <laughs> like, at his peak... He was amazing, and I think a lot of people have forgotten that because obviously he took the Floyd Mayweather fight, and that put a huge gap in his training. Then he fought Khabib and lost to Khabib, which everybody does, and then after that, everything went off the rails a little bit. But I'm really anxious to see his next fight, man, honestly. I mean, I'm always going to tune in for a Conor McGregor fight, no matter who he's fighting. But I think – I don't know if I'm just sipping the Kool-Aid or what, but I feel like he still has something to show. I think so too. I mean, like obviously we're gonna get hate for saying he could be the greatest featherweight of all time. Like everyone can be like sure. Jose and Holloway, but I mean I don't know. Like if you watch him and you just like like not based on numbers or whatever. If you just watch him fight, like and he beat Holloway and he beat Jose. Like he beat them both. And I mean like maybe numbers don't add up, but like if you just watch him in his prime, like I don't think. I don't know. It'd be hard to say that he's not like the greatest featherweight of all time. I mean, you made the ultimate point there, which is what I say to everybody is that head to head competition to me matters more than anything else. And he Mm -hmm. beat, he beat both of them definitively, or there was no question in either of those fights who won, you know, you knocked Jose Aldo out in 13 seconds and then you took dominated Holloway for a decision with a bad leg as well. And I know Holloway was also hurt in that fight. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess they were both hurt in that one. But still, the way he won that, I think, surprised a lot of people. And just his his whole run, I mean, Chad Mendez is an absolute animal. And especially at that time, Chad Mendez was an animal. And, you know, if you want to put an asterisk on that one, you can say 
if Chad had a full camp, maybe that fight would have been different and maybe it would have, but yeah, we don't play in ifs in MMA. All we know is that when they fought Conor McGregor won. And then obviously what he did to Eddie Alvarez to follow up the, the auto victory, that was ridiculous. One of the cleanest performances that's up there with like, I just saw a question the other day on Twitter. I think it was, they were, they, they asked what's the, most flawless MMA performance of all time. And the first two I thought of were Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin and Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. I mean, that's, that's pretty much as good as it gets. Yeah, I agree. Like that. I watched that fight against Eddie so much, like literally everything he did was perfect. And he like, didn't even break a sweat. It looked like, like he just makes it look so easy, which I think is like, that's probably like the greatest. That's how you know someone's like really good if they can make it look easy. Like whenever you're watching a fight and you're watching with buddies and they all start getting like riled up. Like if if you're watching like a UFC fight and someone wins by knockout and everyone in the room is like, I could have knocked that guy out. That's how you know that the guy who knocked the guy out is really good because as soon yeah. as you go spar for your first time and you video yourself, you realize like how much of a clown you look like. it's it's super unnatural 100 percent. i think it's hilarious you know you being around the sport obviously training now teaching now you you completely understand but like that first those first couple weeks what were they like for you because like you said you were a you were a hockey player before this you didn't really have a combat sports background like a lot of these guys do what were those first couple training sessions sparring sessions like for you what made you think you know this is what i want to do um, well, I think that the fact that I didn't spar for a while, which was like Kama's advice, he's like, just learn. He's like, learn everything. Don't even think about being a fighter yet. Um, that was great advice. And Dave told me that too. Um, Dave Sachs, they both did. Cause at the time I didn't really like, <clears throat> I got to like, I introduced myself around, but I mean, I didn't really know like anyone else too much. I was just like a random person doing classes. Um, so doing the classes was like super fun. And, um, I can't really remember exactly what the first few weeks were like, like if anything crazy happened. I think for the most part, I just, actually, one of the first times I went to boxing, there was no one there. Like this was, I can't remember what time of year it was. I think it was like the end of August. And I'm not sure why there was just no one there that day. And Kama was like, oh, I guess you're getting a free private. And I was like, okay. And he's like, he has, um, I don't know what they're called exactly. Like they're not like the mitts. They're like, they look like little paddles, you know what I mean? Sure. Yep. And he had those and I never boxed in my life. And he's like getting so mad at me. He's like, he's like, you have no hand eye, bro. You can't hit this. And then he's like, he's like, aren't you a boxer? Like halfway in. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I've never boxed in my life. <laughs> and I think he got, I think he thought I was someone else, but it was funny. Cause I was like, he was just giving me a free private. And at the time I was so nervous. Cause I was like, I've never boxed. And I'm like making this guy so mad at me. But like, if you get to know Kama, you know, like the fact that he's getting mad means he cares. And that's super cool. Cause he just, he was like trying his hardest with like some random kid at the time, but that's freaking yeah, awesome, man. Weeks, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I think Kama, the connection he has with you and with everybody at the Academy is, is honestly really special. I know how much he's meant to you in your journey and your mixed martial arts journey and, and what he's done. And, and I mean, what a guy to have in your corner, right? As far as Pittsburgh MMA legends go, Kama's right at the top. You know, if you're building Mount Rushmore, he's got to be on it of Pittsburgh MMA. So to have a guy like that in your quarter, man, what's what's that feel like? And, I, and I'll and i even tie it into 
your last fight at BitB10, you know, obviously the fight didn't go the way you wanted it to, but being able to fight on the same card as Kama, prepare with Kama, get ready for a fight that he's headlining, how special was that moment for you? It was cool. I, I don't think I got to like take it in as much as I like would have liked, obviously on the night, but even like leading up, like, like we're all training together and Kama's getting his sparring in and I'm getting mine. And I did like, every time they were sparring, Kama gave me at least one round. Um, but watching him get ready, like, like, I, like I said, I was mostly trying to like get ready myself, but it was like crazy. Cause I mean, the guy's like, he's UFC caliber in my opinion, obviously I'm biased, but I mean, I just think he had like a few unlucky breaks. Now, unfortunately that's the way the game goes. He just got cut, but I think he's UFC caliber and you're watching this guy train and then he's like there on fight night, like in the back, just like all relaxed and ready to go. It was crazy. It was really cool. Um, and I'm sure like, hopefully everything like goes well for me, but at the end, if I make it out in one piece, like when I'm older and I like look back, I'm gonna be like, wow, I fought on the same card as comma. Like, that's crazy. It's going to be a really cool moment for you, man. I think it is, like you said, I'm sure getting prepared for the fight and everything, you've got everything to worry about. It was hard for you to really take it in at that time, but I'm glad that you've been able to reflect and everything. I'm trying to look, Kama made his MMA debut in 2009 as an amateur. I was trying to decide how old you would have been whenever he debuted. You were like seven or eight. Um, yeah, eight. I think I would have been, like depending on like the like weird birthday, like what time of year it was, but yeah. Eight. Sure. That's hilarious, man. So that is crazy. at BitB10, Obviously, we got to get into this. You know, you mentioned the elbow a few times. Do you care if I show a picture for, for no, people watching? Ahead. Is that cool? I've been showing it to everybody. All right, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, you've you've been a really good sport about it in general. Like, just for a little behind the scenes for people listening, Craig, oh, we'll show the picture first, then I'll get into this. How okay. about this? Let's let's show this. So here's, here's what happened, unfortunately, in Craig's fight. Um, you can see that arms are not supposed to bend that direction. Mm -hmm. But this is on our Instagram account at 247 Fighting Championships. If you want to get a look, if you're a sicko that wants a second look of this, by all means. But one, the one thing that I really wanted to talk about here is, is this. Kama Worthy commenting on the photo. It's just a little setback for a bigger comeback, homie. Like, what did that mean for you? Did, did you see that comment, first of all? And second of all, what did it mean to you in that moment that he you know, commented that had something to say publicly because I'm sure he talked to you privately, but it does mean something when a guy goes out of their way to do it in public too. Yeah. I think I liked it. Can you check? I should have liked it. I'm, I, I know I saw it. And unless I was on like some pain meds, did I like it? I hope I did. Yeah, yeah I did. Sure obviously. did. Look at that. Nice. I remember seeing it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like just honestly, like comma, especially, but Everybody just, I mean, the amount of like messages and support I got, I was telling Kama this today um, and he like yelled at me for thinking like this, but just like the amount of support I got after that made me feel even worse, honestly, because I just was like, I just let everybody down. Like I have like, <laughs> I don't even deserve like the support that I got. I feel like, but then again, like Kama yelled and he's like, no, nah, you shouldn't think like that, <clears throat> whatever. But just, I mean, everyone was like so nice. Like. I had like so many messages and everyone's like everyone that paid money to come watch, like that I sold tickets to like in my head, I was like, Oh my gosh, they just paid 50 bucks. And they're all just sitting there and I lost in the first 17 or whatever it was. And, but everyone was like, so nice. Everyone's like, Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Like, you'll be back. Like, 
it was honestly crazy. Um, I, I never would have guessed that that would have happened like that and that everyone would be so supportive. But I mean, I'm so lucky. Like I have like the best family, friends, girlfriend, like, and comma saying that like in public is really cool too. Cause <clears throat> like, obviously he doesn't need to, but, and he sent me like a nice message and we talked on the phone. So everyone was like super nice. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, man. And I think it's a funny, you know, I do, honestly, I put myself in your shoes a little bit and I can understand where you're coming from with that feeling of that you let everyone down, you know, during the fight, did, did you really know what happened at the time? How long did it take you to fully understand, you know, what happened? Um, Cause I always hear, I always hear fighters say, you know, they have no idea what round they're in or what happened. Yeah. So were you aware, like exactly what went down? I, well, so we were in the clinch and then whenever I, first of all, I did not expect them to take me down there. Like I, I thought I was just <clears throat> going to work. Like I thought we were going to work on the fence for a little while. And when he did that mat return, like I normally, like we've worked break falls at the gym all the time. Like everyone knows don't post out, which is also another reason I feel so stupid about everything. Like, why did I post out? But I mean, it is what it is. It happened. But, um, so I think that's why I just didn't expect them to like take me down there. And then so we go down and it felt like I just stubbed my pointer finger. Cause I remember that like felt real weird after. And I was like, Oh man, I just stubbed my finger. But also like, I feel like my arm just hurt, but it didn't hurt bad. It just felt like someone like hit it. And I remember I was like, I, I remember I was on the bottom and he was on top obviously, but I was thinking like, okay, let's just work out of this. And I go to move. And I remember like my left arm would not move. And then like, I don't know how it clicked in my head, but I just knew right then, like, something's wrong. And so I looked at the ref. I remember like real specific. I like looked at the ref and I was like, my arm, my arm. Like I wasn't like screaming. I don't think I might've been, but I just remember like super clear headed being like my arm, my arm. And he looked at it and he stopped it right away. And then when, once they popped it back in, all the pain was like right away. And mm. also once they popped it back in and I realized that I could move it again, my first thought was like, could, is this something that I should have just waited in between rounds for them to do? But then like now I realize that was a stupid thought, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it was weird. Like it didn't feel real. Like the whole thing, just cause it was such a short fight. Like I wasn't sweaty and my arm like went out of place, which is like a really weird feeling. And I don't know, like I just, it was really weird. It's hard to describe, but yeah, that's like the best I can describe. It was, it was, that's a really good description because I'm sure it was bizarre. Like you said, everything happened super fast. And honestly, you know, sitting cage side watching the fight, I had no idea what happened either. At first I was, I was super confused. I had no idea why he was stopping the fight. Cause like you said, you, I don't remember you yelling, honestly, until like you said, after they popped it in, I remember, you know, you could hear that that was super painful for you, but yeah. At the time, I was like, why is he stopping this fight? You know, like, what just happened? Um, it was weird, dude. It was a very weird ending to that. And I'm sure that going down is a loss for you, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's technically a loss. I get that. But mm -hmm. there was not enough of a fight, really, to determine anything there, in my opinion. So what's it? How have you been handling that afterwards, you know, knowing that now you're 0-2 as an amateur fighter. Both fight the first fight, you know, we talked about it all the time on the podcast, Ryan and I. If anybody listens to this, we've said it a thousand times. That was just a phenomenal fight. One of the best fights of the year. Super close decision. You know, it could have gone to you, could have gone to Sean like it did. That was just an awesome fight. You know, that's 
we tell amateurs all the time, man, when you have fights like that, there's really no loser. You know, you're an amateur. You're here for the experience, for the reps, to help build your skills to become an effective pro. So for that fight, maybe technically that's a loss on your record, but I definitely don't see it that way. And the next one, you know, you get 30 seconds of action and you dislocate your arm. So yeah. where where are you at right now with your career? How are you feeling? Like, where you at? <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, like, <clears throat> like, I'm going to be honest, like, it was, it was tough. Like, I've spoken to it, like, I've spoken about it with multiple people. Um, it's like a really, like, I don't know, it's like a lot of back and forth in your own head, especially because you have a lot of time to think. Um, and like, obviously, I'm not the first person to ever get injured and like, start doubting themselves, whatever, like a bunch of people have been through this, which has actually helped because I've found that I like watching interviews of guys that have been like on a rough patch recently that are trying to turn it around. Um, like I watched a Darren Till interview the other day. It might have been, uh, I forget when it was posted, but it was just recent. Like he's up training in Sweden or whatever. And for yep. anyone that doesn't know, Darren Till just lost twice, but he's like a beast. And he did an interview and he's like super positive and he's got like a whole new mindset. And to me, like, just because of the position I'm in right now, that's like, that's very attractive to me, like in terms of like interviews. Like if I had to watch like an interview of someone in their prime right now, like if I had to watch like a Kamaru Usman interview or if I had to watch the Darren Till one, I watch the Darren Till one right now, just because like I can relate more. Like, so, I mean, it's a lot of like <clears throat> the first two weeks I'm just bedridden and I can't do anything. And I'm like on these pain pills and I feel like they're not doing anything. And the whole time I'm just like <clears throat> eating whatever, and I, I mean, the first three days was like, all right, like, I'm like, okay, I just starved myself for the fight and I'm like relaxing and everything's going to be okay. And I'm just going to like have these few days and then everything will go back to normal. And then like you get past the first few days and you're tired of eating junk food and you're tired of like sitting in bed. And I don't know, I guess it's kind of sad to see like, like everything keeps going on without you, like I don't know. It's, it's really hard to describe, but it's a lot of stuff to work through that is definitely going to help me because I feel like after this, let's say it happens again, next fight, like God forbid, but let's just say it happens again, next fight. Like it's just character building, I think. Um, and what helps the most is talking to other people and just getting back to work. However you can like comma having me do the kids class has been like such a blessing. Cause if I, I don't know. Like I was talking to Kama about it today. Like if I don't have the gym and stuff and just like MMA in general, um, like it might be bad to say, like, I'm sure like you're not supposed to rely on like outside sources to feel good. But without that stuff, I just feel like not like, I don't know. I just like, I don't know. There's just nothing there for me. Nah, that man, that's sense. a super mature. It does. It makes perfect sense. I think that's a super mature mindset. Honestly, you know, it's funny that we were talking earlier how you're only just about to turn 21. But that's a really mature way of thinking. That's a really mature way to handle it. And I think a lot of fighters have been through it, like you said, and you're definitely fortunate to be at a place like the Academy that has so many experienced fighters that have experienced bad loss. I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, with comma being in the UFC for five fights and ending on that three fight skid like that could be so many fighters just call it quits after something like that. They make it there and then, okay, I had five fights, one, two, lost three. This, That's it, I guess. But Kama came right back, obviously just scored an awesome TKO at Bippy 10 in the main event. 
there's something to that mindset of being able to constantly be able to get back that I think impresses me more than anything about fighters. And maybe that's why, you know, even tying it further into our conversation, Conor McGregor, why there's still a part of me that feels like Conor still has more to show because how, how epic would it be if Conor came back and did go on another title run now when, when people think he's completely washed. So I think those stories are appealing. And like you said, when you got the right mindset, the right mentality, it makes it that much sweeter. I mean, it's, it's, almost cliche but it's exactly what comma said in that comment you know the setbacks just setting up a bigger comeback that's that's what it's all about man and especially for you being as young as you are being an amateur your your career is still super super bright man so i definitely wouldn't want to see you get down on yourself too much like like you said take take three days to eat flaming hot cheetos for sure but then after that it's back on the saddle dude yeah yeah i agree like um and i'm sure any like anyone that's gotten injured like and they're like 35 it's probably like this kid is like he's being dramatic like he's got so many years whatever and they're right like I'm it's gonna be fine I'll be back like like when I look back on it in five years I'll be like oh such a small window I barely remember it like I actually broke my left thumb in sparring um exactly a year ago like in February last year um and at the time it didn't feel like a huge setback because I wasn't like a fighter or anything yet um, but now when I look back on it, I barely remember it. So yeah, everything will be fine, but there are like, not going to lie. There are just like thoughts you got to work through. I mean, it's, like everyone says, it's part of it. And if you look up any fighter that's gotten injured and look up an interview of them after they've gotten injured, they'll talk about the same thing. I was actually, I saw on Instagram, um, and I sent it to coach Dave, who, what was the guy's name that just knocked out Johnny Walker? Uh, Jamahal Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember he snapped his arm too? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, against Paul Craig, I think snapped his arm. Yeah, and um, I was watching the way he was talking about it, and I haven't gotten a chance to talk with Dave in person, but like what he said in the interview, like kind of like it, it made a lot of sense. He was talking about how in every fight he's been in. Like, he, I think that this is what I took away. I think I'm getting it right. He was talking about how he, like, he knew, like, you can get hurt. Anything can happen in there. But in the most recent fight at the time, which was the one he snapped his arm, he was like, I just felt invincible going in there. And then that happened. And he said, I'll never feel like, I'll never be that arrogant going into a fight again or something. And, I mean, not that, like, I try to be humble. So you'll never, like, catch me being cocky or being like, oh, I know I'm going to win this fight or anything. But I mean, after the fight, I'm, you can't like help but just do reality checks on yourself. And I think that maybe going into the fight, I kind of just thought I was going to win. And I still put in like a, like anyone watching from the outside would never know this because I was just working hard going to the gym and stuff. But I think in my head, I just was thinking too far ahead, maybe like mm-hmm. I needed to be more present because in the first fight, I didn't care about the result and I didn't care about, like I knew going in there, I could get hurt, whatever. And in this one, I was almost trying to tell myself like, Hey, don't care about the result. Like you think you're going to win, but just like relax. Like the result doesn't matter. Just go in and do you, but maybe I just got too far ahead of myself or something. And maybe those are just thoughts that I'm having. Cause like I'm all out of whack right now doing whatever, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think it's good because I, I know like whether or not I was thinking like that, I will never go into a fight now thinking like nothing can happen to me. I'm invincible. You know what I mean? 
Sure, man. I think that it, there's a really interesting dynamic there too. And you mentioned kind of your hockey career. Were you a goalie in hockey? Did I read? Yeah. So that to me, I don't know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I never played hockey at all. But I feel like goalie is probably the most similar, the position that would prepare you for MMA the most, because even though it's a team game, the goalie bears a whole lot of responsibility in every game. You know, everybody's always quick to blame the goalie if something goes wrong in hockey. And MMA obviously being the ultimate, in my opinion, individual sport, it's literally you versus another man inside a cage fighting and the winner is the winner. Like that's that's as legit as it gets. But did being a goalie kind of prepare you mentally? Do you remember ever, ever having bad games as a goalie where you let in a soft goal and you felt like you let people down or something like that? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. I, I played hockey like from seven until I think I was like 18. Um, 18 or 19. So I had plenty of soft goals I let in that if some video ever, like if I ever see a video of it, I'll try to delete it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, hockey taught me a lot because I like that was like, um, like throughout like the whole however many years I played, like I had like every experience you could have in a sport that MMA couldn't have taught me like this is this is new. Like I had injuries in hockey that were like a pulled groin or something like Nothing like, I don't know. It's weird because in hockey, when you get injured, it's just like wear and tear or like you tweak something and you just do like, you just work to get back on the ice. But hockey is like before a game, like you're not like, you're not thinking about how like anything could happen to you in there as a goalie. Cause maybe players do, I don't know. Cause they like, you can check and everything and there's like big hits, but as a goalie, I mean, you're just going in there to do your job and it's really not dangerous, but in MMA, like, I feel like this is so much different because like you're fighting another dude in there. And if we were in the street and that happened and I can't move my arm, like theoretically I'm dead. Like sure. In hockey, if you pull your groin, you just, you just like have the other goalie come in and replace you. And then <laughs> yeah. Right. You heal right. Up. So that's why it's a little bit different. So, I mean, hockey couldn't really prepare me for that, but like how to compete work ethic, like knowing what you need to do and knowing that adversity is just part of any sport you do in that sense, hockey helped a lot. Sure. I think that's super interesting, dude. It's, it's a crazy connection to me, not, not just your hockey career, but like thinking about that, I always thought it was funny too. You being a goalie is like fighting's obviously physicality and fighting as part of hockey, but like you said, not so much for the goalie. So of all positions of hockey players to enter MMA, you would never think that the goalie would be the guy. So what was your first like fighting experience? Do you remember the first time you ever got in a fight? Um, like on the ice, I never got in a one-on-one fight, especially because like, um, any like travel hockey or anything like that, unless you're in juniors, like all the travel hockey, they don't let you fight. Um, okay. so you can get like, you can throw one or two punches, but the ref's going to separate as soon as he can. Um, I think the first time I remember ever hitting someone, was it's it's not like a crazy cool story like I got in a fight but <laughs> it's funny maybe someone will enjoy it I was in a hotel um on a hockey trip and we had this one kid on our team and he was so annoying and this was 15 years so I was 15 and I had this hat I really liked and we were all sitting by the pool at night and he took my hat and he threw it in the middle of the pool and I was so mad because I had to go in and get it and then I took it to the dryers to dry in the hotel. And it cost me like 50 cents to dry. Cause like at the hotel, you have to like put coins in. Sure. 
and it's drying and I'm waiting for it. And I have like my one other buddy with me from the team and we're waiting for it and then it dries and I put it back on and we're walking back towards the pool and that kid is walking down the hall, like down the hallway towards us. And he's like, uh, I forget what he said, something smart. He was like, oh, is that hat's a little bit damp or something? And I just remember I was holding something in my right hand and I just threw a left and I hit him as hard as I could right across the face. And I was like so freaked out that someone was going to like get me in trouble. And I was like, <laughs> I punched him so hard, his lips started bleeding. And he didn't hit me back, but that's probably the only like fighting experience I had other than going to the gym and sparring. That's beautiful, man. Did anybody find out? <laughs> like, was there, was there ever a repercussion there? No, because he, he was a really bad kid. Like if he told anybody anything, like there's a million things we could pull up on him. I'm not going to say his name, even though like, nice. Even if I said his name, nothing's gonna happen. But I just sure. give him that satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're not trying to get anybody in trouble, but I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, you you did kind of shut up the bully for lack of a better term there. Yeah. And I've always been small too. So like that was like a big move for me, especially when I was fifteen. I was like five two probably. <laughs> what did you how what was your friend's reaction when you did that? The guy walking with you? Like, could he believe what just happened? Um, I think he like like just put his hand on my arm and said, bro, 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 chill. But I remember the kid like ran down the hallway and he's like, I'm not going nice. to fight you right now. Like on a hockey trip. Like, yeah. Okay. Shut up. Like, nice. That's good, yeah. dude. So do you, did you ever tell anybody else that story? Like at the gym or any, any of the kids or anything? Um, no, I actually never told anybody that story. Um, I think I've told like maybe like a buddy or two, but I don't think I've ever like, said it to anyone in the gym i did tell someone in the gym i almost got into an altercation at the gym i go to like the workout gym i go to planet fitness and this is really funny um and i know this is actually a really funny story so i was in the gym and this was before like my arm was hurt or anything obviously this was but it was recently and i had my stuff in a locker and like this huge dude he was like my height but he was like huge and bald and he had his stuff all spread out along the thing. I was like, hey, man, can I get in my locker real quick? And he was like, yeah, would you just wait a sec? Can I swear on here or no? Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> You're good. Okay, because I'm just going to say what he said. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, but I was kind of in a hurry. So, like, I, like, opened my locker without touching his stuff, and I got my stuff. And he's like, so you couldn't just wait one fucking second? And I was like, I was like, dude, I just, gra- I just need to go. Like, and he got, like right up in my face like right here and he was like do you want a problem because we can have a problem like he was so <laughs> mad like something must have happened and i was like i was like i'm not trying to fight you and i was like but if you touch me i was like we can go right here in the planet fitness locker room and like he like walked away and he's like just watch he's like why can't you just wait a second or something whatever and then i was gonna report it to the front desk but i was like nah don't be a snitch so like a few weeks go by and i walk in the gym and i see him behind the front desk a few weeks later and he turns, he's the manager of the planet fitness I go to. Oh and he's like God. super nice to me now. And I don't know what happened to him that day. Maybe like a family member was in like, maybe like, I don't know, maybe his wife broke up with him or cheated on him, whatever. But <laughs> I've never said anything to him or like said anything to anybody except for like my buddies. And I told Kama at the gym too, but that was pretty crazy. Cause he's the manager at the planet fitness. Like who would have guessed? <laughs> That's freaking hilarious, dude. What did Kama think yeah. of that story? I met, I can just hear Kama's laugh as you go through it. Yeah. He was laughing. They were, they were all telling me I should have fought him, um, in the planet fitness locker room. But at the time <laughs> I didn't know who's the manager. I actually don't think I ever like updated them on the story. 
But yeah, he's the manager there. Which is pretty crazy. That's amazing. And he's a nice guy. Just calm and calm that day. And on that note, Kama has pound for pound the best laugh in Pittsburgh. Like Kama Worthy's laugh is incredible. Everybody needs to experience that. It's the best. Honestly, if you ever want to hear it, just come to the kids' class. He, him during the kids' class, he's like laughing every other second. He's like, <laughs> he asked the kids, like, he told me, he, he's like, you got to ask a lot of questions to get to know like what the kids are like. And he's, he asks like the most off the wall questions to them that are hilarious. But the other day the kids were making fun of him because he, you know, like the little Pez dispenser, like you pop the head up and like you mm-hmm. get a little candy. Um, he was telling a kid that if he like doesn't tuck his chin, he's going to, and he gets hit, he's just going to be like a Pez dispenser, but he called it Paz and all the kids like stopped and they're like, what? And the Kam was like, you know, like a Paz dispenser. And no one knew what he's talking. And like one of the kids goes, you mean Pez? And he's like, he like didn't even say anything. And then someone brought in a little Pez dispenser for him the next day. It was hilarious. Nice. Ah, that's yeah, beautiful. I love that. Is it true, man? Like I, I heard, I don't know if Ryan told me who told me, but is it true that you started training at the academy because of Kama? Like you saw Kama fighting in the UFC and were like, hey, I need to go there. Yeah, I was, um, I was at my girlfriend's house. And I liked MMA and, but they don't like, they didn't watch MMA before. Like I got into it, but just so happened it was ESPN plus was on. Um, and Kama was fighting the violent Bob Ross guy. What's his name? I can't remember. Luis Pena. Yeah, that's who it is. And he was fighting him. And then when they, and I was looking for a gym in Pittsburgh to go to at the time, because I was like just about done with hockey. But I remember I was like looking at boxing gym. Just like I didn't really have an idea. Oh, did I cut out? Or am I good? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was just looking at boxing gyms, and honestly, like that is the worst way to find a gym because it was popping up like the most random gyms that I have not heard of. They might be good gyms, I don't know, but they're all like an hour away. Just like net, if you ever want to start MMA, just you have to like look on Instagram or something because if you look up MMA gyms in Pittsburgh, it'll give you the most random stuff. But it said he was from Pittsburgh, so I found him on Instagram, and he had like 8,000 followers, so I just shot him a DM to see if he would respond, and he did. Um, And he's like, oh, yeah, I actually own the gym. He's like, you can come down anytime, and I came down, and that's – yeah, that's pretty much it. That's freaking amazing, man. I love that story, and I'm going to also take this moment to plug our blog at 247fighting.com because Craig is 1,000% correct in that it's extremely difficult to find a good gym to train at. And I wrote this blog post a couple weeks ago at this point. I don't remember when exactly. Oh, January 10th on my birthday. You see this? Like, look, Ryan's got happy me. Birth- happy late birthday. Yeah. Literally, Ryan's got me working on my birthday writing blog posts, just so that's on the record. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I broke down six really good gyms in Pittsburgh. There's, there's more than six, obviously, and I do mention a few others. But I mean, there's ones that we work with the kind of the way that I framed this whole article is these are gyms that 247 fighting championships works with regularly that we feel comfortable completely vouching for you know if you go to any one of these six gyms you're going to have a completely you know a class experience it's going to be incredible for you and there you go at the academy leading it off and all their huge names that they got coming through and look at this look at this guy Craig Look at this guy sneaking in right there, Craig Perry. That's nice. But uh, yeah, man, I think 
that that's a great point and that's something that we recognize too is that it's hard to find a gym around here even though they're everywhere <laughs> like there really are so many yeah, good really. gyms yeah what made you look you said you just, i guess you just have to be part of it for sure sorry guys no nah, you're good dude you said you were looking for a boxing gym at first did you originally intend to just box or or was the goal always mma no, it was boxing at first because, like I said, I was clueless. Like, I was such a casual. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do boxing because it's way easier to learn one thing than, like, all of them. And I remember telling everybody that, like, that asked me, like, what I was going to do. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do boxing because, like, it's way – but it's – so. I think it's the opposite. Like, I mean, I don't know. Boxing's cool, but I feel like boxing is, like – like, I don't know a lot about, like, the boxing side of things, but – it seems like there's so many more boxers than there are MMA fighters. And it's so much more fun to do MMA, like doing jujitsu and stuff. It looks really complicated and it look and it is, but it's way more fun than just boxing all the time. Like, yeah, I don't know. MMA is way cooler. I feel like if you have ADD or just that kind of personality, MMA would be way better. You know, you can get into a couple different things. Oh yeah. So it's, it's an, way better. Yeah, man. It's an interesting dynamic at the academy too. Like you said, with the kids' classes, I know there's a lot of women's classes or just a lot of women training in general. So it really is kind of the from you like amateur MMA fighters all the way up to comma worthy experience and skill wise. It's crazy. Just the the cast of people there. And I think that's one of the things that makes the academy super special. And one of the reasons why we started the blog post with the academy, just the names that have come through there, man, like we said, comma, obviously Cody Garbrandt used to train there when it was Fight Club Pittsburgh, Adam Milstead, Mark Cherico, John DeJesus, like mm -hmm. the names that came through there, Jason Cardillo, I still think, and I did a podcast with him, and I still think he might be the best fighter to ever come out of Pittsburgh, and he just retired early. Like we never knew how good Jason he's Cardillo, dude, he's still in there, right? All the time. Well, since I haven't been in there in a while, like on the wrestling nights, I don't know. But I, whenever I was there on wrestling nights, he was there a lot. Like, and oh my gosh, like when I, like I'm, I was working on my wrestling a lot, and like, um, I was getting pretty good at my takedown defense. But whenever he shoots in on you, it's like he, I swear, he times your blanks. Like as soon as you blank, he's in. Because <laughs> it's like I don't know, it's crazy. It's another level. It's really another level. He's literally. I always describe him to people that never saw him fight. He was Pittsburgh's Khabib. He fights exactly like Khabib. When you watch his old fights, it's like once this guy gets his hands on you, man, the the fight's over. You know, I yeah. saw him. I saw him fight mm -hmm. Daquan Townsend one time in West Virginia, and Daquan actually went on to fight in the UFC. Really dynamic striker long kind of like comma in a way bigger than comma but similar to comma super long super rangy technical striker powerful and cardillo just completely shut him down and daquan was so frustrated after that fight because you knew he just wanted to be on his feet wanted to light this dude up but yeah. cardillo gave him zero opportunity to do that it was a crazy fight but he fought exactly like khabib so that you know that's another guy that who knows how good he would have been if if he just dedicated himself to that craft. But actually on the podcast, you know, he talked about starting a life, you know, wife, kids, wanted to settle down, didn't want to do that. And I think that's almost more ad admirable, man. Like how hard that would be to walk away when you know you're undefeated and you just got something else that's more important to you. Like I have massive respect for that. Yeah, that especially because of like realizing like without going to the gym, I feel like crap. That is really cool. Like being able to do that you definitely are on like another level of human. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. well, and yeah. to your to your point, you know, you're still you're about to turn 21 years old. You're just not there yet, man, and that's fine. Like I said, there's a lot of fighting left yeah. in your future, I think, dude. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> well, we're excited for it, man. I want that arm. What is the I guess we never even really talked about it specifically, but what's the injury and how long is it going to keep you out? Because of course we're excited to see you get back in there, but just on a personal level, you know, I want you to be able to get in there and throw that left again. Yeah, me too. I think so. I don't know. I couldn't tell you the exact names of the ligaments or whatever, but everything was torn. Like everything's gone, but no broken bones, which was good. The guy said, and it was looking like it was going to need surgery, but we did like, he gave me two weeks and he's like, if it starts to heal in a way where it's going back in the direction it needs to no surgery, which it did luckily. Um, so I definitely got blessed there. Um, so no surgery. And I think he said six to eight weeks, I can start taking this thing off like every day, which this is just like an elbow pad that doesn't let my arm extend. Um, and I can do like these little movements like three times a day um, to like start strengthening it, whatever. And after the six to eight weeks, I'm probably gonna have another six to eight weeks before I can start doing anything like wrestling jujitsu wise or like punching with this. But, um, I'm finding every way to start doing like little things so that I'm not just like, in however many weeks it's going to be all of a sudden all at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Did it, did it affect, did it affect your eating or, like xbox or anything was it a huge nuisance and you know beyond just fighting um eating no because for the most part well if i'm eating pizza i'll eat with my left hand but like with a fork or anything i'll eat with my right <laughs> um i don't play video games my mom never let us have any video games so i don't have anything oh um, man come on so mom no, i know i know that's what everyone can't believe it but i mean maybe she did me a favor because I have like an addictive personality and I definitely would not be like, I don't know. I'd probably just be in the basement all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it was okay. The only things that it really affects are like showering, which you don't think about. Like I can't like scrubbing this part of my body, mm. like right up here is so difficult. So I got to like, I found a way to put like, what are those things? Like the spongy things that are like a ball. Yeah. Loofah. Um, yes. That I found a way to put that on the wall. And I'll put soap on it and I'll like look like a bear <laughs> scrubbing his bag. But <laughs> I mean, you adapt, like whatever. It is what it is. That's great, dude. It's funny. You know, yeah. I do appreciate you making the most out of obviously a bad situation. You know, no fighter, no fighter wants the fight to go like that. But it's not just the fight. Like you said, you've got a long recovery ahead before we're going to see you back in there. So that, that truly does suck. But I appreciate you keeping, you know, a positive mindset. You said, you know, it was kind of dark there for a while right after the fight, which again, I think that's totally normal, man. I think it shows that you care about it and you're thinking about it. So I appreciate you kind of opening up for everybody listening and being honest about it, man, because I think there's a lot of fighters and not just fighters. There's people in every walk of life that will encounter some adversity that they think is insurmountable. And they'll get in that moment where they think, you know, there's no way I can get through this or this ruins everything and it's time to quit. But like you said, you're already finding little things, teaching the kids class, kind of just watching, obviously, a lot of UFC interviews and fighter interviews. There's always those steps back and then back and better, which I'm sure, like we said, Kama and the whole crew are going to teach you. So just like Kama said, man, we're excited for the comeback. We we genuinely think the best is yet to come for Craig Perry, man. So we're excited to see it. Yeah, thank you. And before, like, I don't know if we're wrapping it up, but 
before like go for it and i just want to say um like i haven't like i've always like i keep envisioning like before every time i fought all two times i've envisioned like what i want to say after like if i win and since i haven't gotten to say it yet like to whoever listens like i just wanted to say because i just feel like i said like i have like the best support group around me and i mean i know like it's not super interesting to hear but for everyone that like supports me like i just want to like if you're listening thank you because like everyone at the academy all the coaches all my family like my girlfriend even like you guys at 247 like you guys like i don't know everyone's been super nice so like I don't want anyone to think that I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know. I just, I'm super grateful to everyone. And if I haven't gotten a chance to like, thank anyone, like, like I couldn't honestly, like I would be in a way worse spot right now without like all the support and you and Ryan are the best. Like you guys are super nice. So I just want to say thank you. Thanks, man. That does, that means a lot to us. And I got to say, you know, for everybody listening, I do like the little behind the scenes nuggets and things like that right after the fight. Craig messaged us. We have kind of a shared Facebook group that we do all of our booking and kind of paperwork through. And Craig messaged us right away apologizing for the fight. And I just remember seeing that message and I was like, dude, there is literally absolutely nothing for you to apologize for right now. But everything he just said, you know, is it's no joke. I mean, your mom obviously kept you from playing video games, but it seems like she raised a really good young man, dude. I got to say, like, we've been super impressed with your mentality the whole way through this, it was impressive. You know, we've talked privately about it a lot, you know, we'll say it on the record now, but I told Ryan a lot. Ryan told me a lot, you know, Jim Ryan and I all talked about it. Like the way you handled that was, it was impressive, dude. So just, just know like everybody that's in your corner that you just thanked, I'm, I'm sure they feel the same way, man. There's never been any step of the way that I thought, Oh, that, that Craig Perry's being a little asshole right now. Like it's never like that. Yeah. Well, I think, thank you. I appreciate that. For sure, dude. We'll get back after it soon, man. Like like you said, you got a while with the arm to heal up, but the, this is an opportunity for you, obviously, to get back in the lab and truly come back better than ever, no matter how cliche it sounds. that That's that's facts. You know, you showed a lot of good things in that first yeah. fight. Obviously, you didn't get to show too much in the second fight just based on how quickly the injury happened, but the third one, I feel like, is going to be going to be the one that you really get to display those skills and put on a show. Yeah, I hope so. Because it's a cliche, I feel like, because it's true. Like, you come back, you should be better than ever. Like, you got time, just improve. So, that's the goal. For sure, man. We can't wait to see it, dude. And thanks for joining the podcast. You know, late. I know you're probably craving a, a blonde roast with cream for some reason right now, which is the craziest still coffee order of all time. But you do you, I man. Know. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. For sure, dude. We'll catch you again soon, man. All right, sounds good.